be fair to say you're a Luddite? Absolutely. <laughs> you admit to it. I thought you'd object to that. No. I... I am one of these people where I've got no problem with progress. I am, you know, when you know when people talk about the good old days and they go on about, you know, I hate all that. But as I'm getting older, I am just so aware that it's going too fast. Everything's too fast. And so a bit of me, I'm torn, a bit of me wants it. We want, I want progress. But there's the other half of me that just... Just says, oh, please, can we just slow down a bit? Does that make sense? Uh, it, well, it does, yes, but um, we're never going to slow it down, are we? It's a fast train and you either get on it um, or, you, or you're cut off. One of the things that I find unnerving about technology and not being able to really understand it, I mean, fortunately, I, Mark here comes in and saves me if I can't, if the passwords have gone out of my head or whatever it is I was supposed to have remembered that I didn't and I can't get into a bank account or I, you know, I'm, I'm locked out of life and I really do feel oh, like I, I'm that's exactly how I feel. So do you yeah. want to be locked out of life or do you want to get on board with the technology? I would like to, <laughs> but rather like the fact I'm aging, aging and um, I'm, I'm losing my good looks, um, it ain't going to happen. And you, you have to listen, <laughs> dear <laughs> listener, I have to tell you that Luella has a notebook in front of her right now, which says, over yeah. to you, Luella. Well, it's lovely. It's a lovely little diary-like book and it was bought by my wonderful son-in-law, who is a lovely, lovely chap. And it says, shit, I can't remember on the front. That's actually written on it. And all her passwords are in They're there. They're in there. That's my life. And you've got your name and address on that's the front cover. Yes, that's right. Whoever takes it out of But it's just, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 I know I'm not alone. I'm not alone. But I think you've just summed it up so well by saying we are locked out of life. I find, I... I you know when you you know when you go online and you think oh I, I, I quite fancy that or I could su- subscribe to that or I could buy that or I could whatever, and then as soon as it says password, I think oh, no fuck off and that's it close the lid, and I've gone so I save a fortune because I don't spend any money online. But it, this, this is all becoming clear. It's one of the reasons I can never get hold of you because I, did you get my email? Did you get my text? No. Did you get my WhatsApp? And you just sit there like you are now and just shake your head and smile. No, I didn't. I didn't. It would be, you know what? It would be easier for me to get a megaphone, stand at the end of my garden and shout across the bay. Or put a flag up. Big flag. To get your attention. Yeah. Then try to get a WhatsApp reply or an email reply I think it's my, it's it's sort of like a one woman campaign. I I (laughs) tend to think if I don't answer and I don't do anything, I just, just don't buy into it, it'll all go away. (laughs) And you know, when you see people when they've like in cartoons, they have dreams and they've got bubbles with question marks and exclamation marks and numbers. That's me. That's That's me. (laughs) I just hate it. I hate all of it. But a, but a bit of me, I'd love to be able to one of those people that just clicks on and off I go and yeah it's great and I don't even know how to do an attachment you know when somebody says to me scan it over to me send an attachment yeah and I go yeah okay and I think (laughs) right 
Are there any young teenagers living in the village who can come round and show me how to do it? My six-year-old grandson yes. knows more than I do. Seriously, I mean, I am telling the truth now. I can't. My son and daughter-in-law's TV is quite complicated, and I can never switch it on. And he taps his foot, you know. Yeah. Are you going to do it, Nana? Oh, give it to me, and I'll give it to him, and he can he can do the whole thing. Yeah, you obviously haven't got the expertise, which I've heard one child say. <laughs> so I don't they're born with it. Now. I know. I know. As well as those split scrolling, thumbs. they scroll everything and the, the whole thing. But I you, know. You but locked out a little bit. And see, I don't have a. I. I. As I said originally, I don't have a problem with the way we're progressing at all. I think that's the way it is, and I think there's a time and a place for it. I think it must be amazing for school children now to be able to Google stuff, which in our in our day we'd have to go off and look it up, and you know, you, and, and it's it's marvelous, marvelous. But it's just, I feel that, does it have to be everything? I mean, the Reverend Richard Coles, who I have got an amazing crush on, he's the celebrity vicar. I, I am in love with him. He's he wasn't gay. gay. He's gay. He no wasn't, chance. I tell you what, I'd be right round to that vicarage. <laughs> he really would. Straight away. Um, what a, what a bastard. He's at, he what makes, is it that appeals to you? I just think he's gorgeous. I think he's so funny. He's funny. That's what it is. Yeah. It's funny. And really kind. funny. Makes me laugh. Um, but he was talking the other day about um, why why do you have to have long numbers? So, you know, when you ring up your car insurance or when you can get through to a human and they say, can you give me your, um, can you give me the reference number, please? And it goes on forever. And he was saying, why can't you just have one, two, three, four? And passwords. What's a weak password, a strong password? I mean, that really, that's why I have to have this book because I put all sorts of things like question marks and pound signs and... Of course, I forget. I use the same one, which of course leads you vulnerable you told to, you to scammers. Um, <laughs> I use the same one because otherwise I can't. I, you know, again, forget <laughs> it, forget it. I will never be able to use, you know, get, get a parcel from John Lewis again. But before, you know where Luddite comes from? Um, seventeen hundreds. Well, history. well, I thought this was interesting because I think this started shows, the industrial revolution. It was the hand weavers. Hand weavers used to go around smashing stuff up. They used they? to go around smashing stuff mm. up because machinery was brought in and they mm, thought it would right. put them out of a job. And apparently, a Luddite was some well, figure, King Ludd, who lived in Sherwood Forest. It's pretty crowded in Sherwood Forest, isn't it? King Ludd, <laughs> Robin Hood. How do they all fit in there? But anyway, there was this myth- mythical yeah, character called King Ludd, who didn't want things to change, so he went and lived in the forest, and and that's where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, well, that would be me. I'd go around smashing up laptops. And I feel I needed to add that, because our dear listener likes to learn something from us, as well yes. as hearing us just kind of witter on. You, you know, I do remember, though, you being able to drive a massive, complicated desk in radio to get yourself on air when you presented a programme. And you were able to do that. Well... Yeah, uh, I I did and I didn't because I, I I was very I had a job at the BBC um about two left about four years ago and it was a Sunday morning program and I had to drive the desk as we call it and I all I can say is I was very lucky that I had very good producers and the number of times that door used to fling open and they come running in I'm sure they wore the carpet away where I'd go I don't know I don't know what 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 um it. It, it was like landing 747 every Sunday morning. And I used to have a book, not with shit I can't remember, but I used to write everything down in it, like go in, switch on, <laughs> fader up, 
faded down. I was just hopeless. Does that kills spontaneity. Four though, years surely. I was doing that. Four years. Yes, it did. Four years of doing that. I used to put myself on air in the morning when, in the early days, um, when I was in um, on Midlands Today, and we'd have early morning bulletins, and we had self op. Self op was brought in to save money. So you'd go into the studio and you'd switch on and you'd sit at your desk and you could put yourself on screen. And this was when, uh, on BBC Breakfast, and they still do it, I'm sure, they have the opt-outs to the regional <gasps> news. Yes. So I used to do that. I used to have to sit on three phone books to get myself level with the camera because however short or tall you were, the camera was in the same position. There wasn't anyone around. They wouldn't pay for someone to come in and, and sort of fix it properly on you. So you'd either be slumped down in your seat <laughs> and read the news like this and I'm slumped down in this seat um, or you then put some uh, if there had been someone the day before who was much taller than you then you had to put the telephone books underneath your backside to lift you up so they could see you on camera but I, I remember and it was pretty straightforward if not terrifying and I remember one morning before they were coming to me and I leaned onto the desk because I could see into the camera the, my reflection and I thought, oh, I need a bit of lippy, a, a lippy refresh. So took the lipstick out, leaned across the desk into the camera and started applying my lipstick and little did I know, I hit in. the on-air button. <laughs> so, so We've all done that. So I went on screen um, everywhere applying my lipstick into the camera and... Honestly, we had more calls um, and letters of support over that. There wasn't one criticism. Everyone thought it was really interesting. Well, you see, people, I used to find people liked it. They liked the stories where things had gone wrong. They loved it. I remember once we had, do you remember they brought robotic cameras in? Do you remember? <laughs> about the, it was the late 80s. I do. And I remember once we were in the studio doing the programme and this robotic camera, it sort of sat up. The mind of its own, you know, flipped its what like an imaginary head. Did you scream? And then started whizzing <laughs> round, like, and so it went to me, went to my co-presenter, went to the sports presenter. Then it came back again. Then it went back again. And then the, by that time, the sports presenter waved at it. <laughs> it went past. And we people loved it. Loved it. Didn't someone come up to you when you were reading the news live? in the oh, newsroom yes. and it was a visitor yes. who got lost and they came up and asked you where the loo was and yeah. you were reading you no were well, reading it was it, it was yes it was in the days where i mean central television itv central decided to copy the american method you know the open when they bought in open desks in the in the newsroom, so it was to to make it look more instant, you know. And it was it was really really. And there's usually cut, someone eating eating edge. something in the background. Well, in America, you'd get it would be so slick, and of course they tried to do it on the cheap in the studios in Birmingham. So they just put a formica table in the middle of the newsroom and a camera, and that was it. So in the evening, um, when I was to do the late shift, um, the the people in the gallery would all wander off to a gallery on the other side of the building. So you'd be on your own. And uh, at that time, they used to do a programme called Central Weekend, and they used to just ship people in. For the, the audience. And it was a bear pit. They, it was. Program. Well, you know, they used to put them in the green room, and let's just say there was a very festive atmosphere. atmosphere. And this guy, yeah, he, he wandered out looking for the lavatories and stumbled into the newsroom. And I'm reading about, I don't know, some very serious story. And he tapped me on the shoulder and said, excuse me, love, can you tell me where the toilets are? <laughs> 
And I mean, well, I carried on reading because you know, pro carry on, always carry on reading. You never have dead air. The rule is you carry on, just carry on, whatever's happening. Uh, But it was so in my earpiece. All I could hear was the gallery, like they were asleep, and then I could hear the director go, "Oh my god." Camera three, camera three, camera three, camera three. <laughs> camera three. So it sort of whizzed over to the back of the newsroom. And it was just, yeah. So. If you were one of the, I found, and this happened a lot, doing a piece to camera in the street, that was always quite difficult because mm. you, someone would always want to come over and talk, chat to you when you were right in the middle of it. And if you were live on air, they, the, we, there was a very burly dispatch rider um, they used to send with us who could sort of, Keep hold the crowds back, <laughs> hold the crowds back, but or at least those people that looked like you know they were a bit of a loony. And uh, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. I'll, I'll this is an edit because you're not allowed to say loony, are you? Uh, I don't, well, I don't know, really. Are we going to be cancelled? <laughs> okay, oh, we've just only just started this. <laughs> Give me well, the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> this burly um, dispatch rider who used to be sent with us uh, in case there were people that were unruly or wanted to come up and tickle us on the nose or something or pull our ear when we were alive on air. And he would hold anyone back who looked like they were about to do that. Uh, sometimes it was hit and miss if you were somewhere where there was trouble going on. You know, if you were out reporting on a riot or something. And I remember the minor strike always trying to do pieces to camera in front of some violence that was going on behind and it it, it was it was quite shocking because that was going on in this country but normally normally we would just have someone walking up saying well it's corporation street you do a much better accent than i do that way or that way and that way <laughs> carry on carry on yeah always carry on always carry on. i wants to do one at the royal show do you remember we used to do that they i think the bbc did it where we take the program out like a traveling circus we and did, yeah. we went to the royal show in warwickshire and i they stuck me on a on a, a bale of hay and and then um put a goat on my lap <laughs> a baby oh. goat and said, come on, come we're coming to you, coming to you, coming into you in five, coming into five, five, four, three, two, one, and cue. And I, this goat started to poo all over me. And I, and I, and I, and it, well, I was very new too. And it is difficult when you haven't got an auto cue, isn't it? So I'm trying to do this interview, this coat, this goat wriggling. And I was so nervous that at the end of it, and then I had to link to somebody else. I'm trying to remember my lines. So I got so nervous. I said, well, thank you very much, Deirdre, for joining us today. And may you have many... Happy, happy days of breeding ahead of you. Because she was the goat. <laughs> she was a goat breeder. And you're, you're desperately trying to hold on to the goat, that your prop that wants to get off your lap. And wants to so do something else too. You. But it's always, isn't it, about, but, the, but as you say, people love, they love, they just want to know things have gone wrong. And they, a lot of the times, because it, it is, it's, it is mirrors, is it smoke and mirrors, it's isn't sm- it? It is time. smoke and mirrors. So, oh gosh, it really is. But I, I, one of my worst memories, because um, I was choking on blood trying to read the news. And what had happened was, and it's very difficult to carry on as normal when you're, I'll tell you what happened. I was late for the bulletin. I was reading the bulletin, grabbed my script and was halfway through the door. And we had new doors put on the studio. So they used to spring back. They're really heavy because they had to keep in you know, the, 
the sound. So I pushed this door and realized I didn't have a pen. <laughs> Turned around to a desk, picked up my pen, and as I walked back to the door, the door came back and smashed me right, <laughs> right in the face, right in the nose. And as you can see, I have an ample nose, so it had a lot to go on. So I, it hit, hit me on the nose. I had to go in because they were queuing up the news. So I ran into my seat and blood pouring down my face and trying to kind of swallow it. And, and, and it was profuse. I mean, I thought I'd broken my nose. I didn't, but it, was, it, it, it looked very bad. And then <laughs> someone in the newsroom realised something was wrong and came and looked through the glass and, of course, could see blood just dripping everywhere down my face onto the script. And we had a situation, I was on air for three minutes reading that news, where they were, someone ran obviously to get some loop paper or something, and they came in and they were passing it through the were door. Were they on the floor? Oh, it's through the door, yeah, because usually they're on the floor underneath By the desk. By that time, I was, they? well, it's, it's, as we said, you've got to keep going, keep going. So I was, I was just trying to mop the blood from my, from my nose before it completely obscured the script that I was trying to read. And at the end of it, you know, I, I, said afterwards we should have told people or the presenter that i linked back to should have said Miriam's had a bit of a problem there and bang on the nose and but i i don't know does it it disturbs people to think that you might be bleeding profusely from from your face as you're reading them the weather for the day <laughs> i mean i remember when um they we used to do the late bulletin in the big studio and of course the lights would go down and it, the backdrop looked perfect in this, this, this birmingham at night time and everything really really looked grand and unfortunately I'd been out shopping and I wanted to go straight away I wanted to leave the studio and get straight in the car and go home I can't remember why but just get home quickly so I brought my shopping in with me so my, my feet was my shopping so as it went down the lights went down you could see these Sainsbury's bags <laughs> perfect and you still think, so, if you don't say anything, no one will notice. <laughs> just don't say anything. Don't say words. So actually, bleeding nose, just don't say anything. I, I have recurring nightmares, though, about things that have gone wrong. I, I still dream now, and I don't know how many years. I mean, the last radio programme I presented, I suppose, was Costing the Earth on Radio 4. But before that was Woman's Hour. There we are, Broadcasting House in Regent Street. And you walk into this... And it, again, I'll use the word iconic because it is studio and you're presenting the programme and you're about to talk to these international figures or Hollywood stars or whoever they are. And I really used to get the attack of imposter syndrome. So I still get this dream where the script is handed to me. Oh, you get those where it's in Arabic. Or Chinese mm -hmm. or Morse code. In Arabic, but you've got to read it in French. You've got to. Mm. <laughs> I've had one of those. <laughs> and I mean, I've written, I've wrote yeah. the script, but but someone had changed yeah. it into into Chinese or you know, Morse code, and I'm sitting there, and they're counting me down to to air, and I I I actually wake up with massive anxiety even now. And how many years ago was it? It's like 13 years ago. But so it stays with you. It's like post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> You'll be lying in the, in the psychiatrist's chair. But do you ever... Sometimes I do look back on the, those days, and I was a long time in broadcasting, and really every day I was doing live work. So it's live, you know, your adrenaline's pumping. And I sometimes look back and I think, was that the same person? Because now I can't equate the same... Is it the same person, the same Luella? 
that would think nothing of going in and doing a programme and doing live work. And now I can't even work a toaster. Is it the same? Does everybody go through that? I don't know. Of course they do. Do they? Yeah, of course they do. Because at one time we existed, we, we were getting a lot of affirmation, uh, weren't we, when we were doing our jobs, when we were at the top of our game. People want to talk to you. People want to know you're getting compliments all the time. Most of the time, anyway. I mean, there are some people who think shit, and they'll tell you. But most of the time... Yeah, did you get a lot of people... I used to get people saying to me, um, you work on the television, and you think, oh, here we go. And then the, the next thing, they go, well, I never watch it. <laughs> and there are people, you, and you've probably had this, who want to be your friend. They want to... Yeah, and then when it's all over, you know, you never see them again, you? never do you? see them again. They don't yeah. call you. They want to know what's gone wrong. Or you get, did you get the ones who really wanted to come into your house or wanted to know something about you so they could go away and gossip? Did you get that? Did you get oh, that? Oh, yes, absolutely. And they, that's... That's why my cupboards are impeccably. I know I've looked through them <laughs> because because in case someone opened them and went, you know that Mary Morali, she's a slut. <laughs> she may look well turned out, but she's an absolute <laughs> slut at home. They was used to come in and ask to use your lavatory, didn't they? Can I use your bathroom? Do you know someone did that once? And really? I said, oh, I'm not joking. Someone did. They were caught short. They said, could they come and use? Uh, they knew who I was, could she use the bathroom? But anyway, she came in and went up to the loo and then came down and kind of looked slightly embarrassed and, and red-faced and I went, oh, uh, well, bye, bye. And off she went. I found out later through someone else, she had found someone to tell this to straight away after she left the house, that my daughter had decided that her goldfish, which was in her room, needed cleaning out and she was about five or six at the time so she went and got a cup brought the bowl with the goldfish in it down to the loo the woman had just used put it on the floor scooped out the goldfish in the cup put it on the top of the cistern and then emptied the slimy green (laughs) bowl into the loo (laughs) and didn't didn't flush the loo or anything (laughs) And so she went upstairs and there was a slimy mess all over the bowl, all over the seat. And on the top of the system, this little goldfish swimming around in a cup. They get it into their head, but because you're on television, you must be uppity. You know, you're up your own arse, aren't you? Yeah. You think you're special? Yeah. You think so they, they will do anything to try and bring you down and, and you think no actually I'm quite nice I'm not <laughs> uppity at all did you get that I, I've definitely oh, used to have that definitely you know it's definitely. almost like I want to score a few points with you because before you start I know what you're like you're going to be up I, your own bottom I, but you know you get a sense of those people don't you and you yeah. can keep away from them but and I of course if you're exactly rude to them you. that makes it worse because they go away and say Luella Bailey told me to fuck off you know and you do <laughs> yeah I've said it <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of not being recognised anymore. You can do it now, can't you? I, I like to hear from people, because again, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm sort of hoping that I have a bit of a legacy in terms of how I treated people. That Because I really do believe that you should treat people in the way you would like to be treated. I mean, it's the way I was brought up. And I know you were brought up. And, well, and also, like in the too. when you were working in the newsroom, I never, ever, ever... Um, was rude to somebody who was doing one of the, you know, the junior jobs or... Yeah. Because I always used to think to myself, 
they could be yeah. MD one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true, isn't it? You know, the little lads you remember working <laughs> on the studio say, floor. I could meet them on the way down. Yeah, you know, when I've I'm seen that, that happen. I've seen it happen. <laughs> but, it, but it is true, and I'm really glad about that I was nice, and I was nice to most people, um, because I, particularly after I won my Asian case against the BBC, there was loads of stuff online about how supportive I was. I was very naive years ago about envy, isn't it? It's oh, it's jealousy and it's envy, and people will do anything to try and pull you down, won't they? If if they see that you are doing something that they want to do, yeah, or they'll crowd uh, in if something uh, yeah. bad happens, yeah, because they crowd in to you know yeah. give you a good. I picking. knew that. Well, look at look at some of the famous people, the celebrities who've got themselves into a bit of hot water perhaps we don't really need to name but over the past few years and and I think the saddest thing is when everybody else is wading in yeah. and saying yeah well yeah. I knew that I worked with him and it's the season and isn't you it? think it's you know, get a life yeah. for goodness sake one thing I would say is that um, the bigger the star the nicer they absolutely are. Uh, oh yes 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 and yes I've I found meeting people that were maybe reality TV stars who had their 10 minutes of fame they're really difficult diva-ish and yet um, did I ever tell you that story about me and Jane Fonda? Um, you have several times but please <laughs> the floor is yours go on tell me more well, it, well, <laughs> she's been dying to get this in <laughs> dying to get it did in see I'm, what... I'm sounding like one of those bitchy women now aren't I? Yes, go on if you must. Go on. Do go I on. tell you what we're having for lunch? <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Be nice to me because I'm going to feed you later. Um, well, this is for dear listener because most people love Jane Fonda. I mean, she she is. I'm, I'm going to use the word iconic again. That's the third time. Um, and she, Luddite and, Ike. <laughs> and I was 17 and I was sent along and I was a runner in TV and I was sent along to pick her up because it was during her political era. Um, and she was uh, giving at Birmingham Civic Hall a talk on the plight of the American farmer. And there she was, this was Barbarella. I mean, the, it, there was no surprise that the audience was mostly men in raincoats, you know. But she was, she was absolutely gorgeous. I've never met anyone as stunning in the flesh. And so my job was simply to go meet her PA, stand on the side of the stage, and as soon as she'd finished, to direct her to a, a limo that we had waiting outside, engine running, to take her to the studio in time to do the interview. And so it was, I was charged with that. Yeah, and it was, it was terrifying. Um, I wore my best outfit. Do you remember Bieber's? Yeah, I do. I yes. had this green sort of velvety suit with a big black collar from Bieber's. I put that on, some little kitten heels. And I, then I got there and watching her, I realised I was dressed so inappropriately. I'll still remember she was in just a cashmere camel coloured jumper, cashmere trousers and a trench coat. And she looked effortless, effortlessly mm. beautiful. Longest limbs of anyone you know, I'd ever seen. Beautiful bone structure. Anyway, so there I was. Um, she came out, she asked me my name and I, I, I was just <laughs> able to get it out. Uh, her PA was there. We got outside to the door, no limo, no limo. What we didn't know was 
that it was parked illegally with the engine running and the police told it to move on. So this limo had gone around the block. Only in Birmingham. But we, could, we couldn't <laughs> find it. Couldn't find it. I thought, oh God, it was the day, in the days before mobile phones. So I couldn't call a cab. I didn't know what to do. And I said, I've got a, I, my car is actually just around the corner. Uh, we could go in that. And both Jane Fonda and her PA said, great. So I led them around the corner to this little red, mini that was so banged about it was and to my embarrassment it had a snoopy sticker a foot long on the back of the car anyway she climbed in all her long limbs climbed into the passenger seat of the car i got into the driver's seat the pa was in the back uh, driving towards the studio and she was just asking me about myself and what i wanted to do and i mean I, you know i was a runner i was a clerk runner i did whatever i was told fetched the coffees um, and she asked me what I wanted to do and I said oh, I wanted to be a journalist but um, you know I left school at 16 and working class Irish family blah 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 uh, so I didn't think and going back to further education you know couldn't afford it because I had to support myself and she said how long are you going to make excuses and it was it was a shocking moment for me because I realized that that's exactly what I was doing all along I would like to be that but I can't be because and by the time I dropped her off at the studio and she left, I mean, she was just so sweet to me uh, and she left. I, I don't know, if Jane Fonda told me I could do it, I could do it. Oh, and, you know, know, that's the responsibility of people that you might look up to. That you see well, she doesn't have television. to be envious or jealous of no, anything, does no, she? So no. that's the beauty. She's not losing no. anything by giving something to you, which yeah. I think you find people, and I, I have interviewed quite a a few people that are you know uber famous and you know people like tom hanks and they are as nice as you could ever dream um and yeah because they they don't have anything to prove and they don't have anything they don't feel they're losing anything as i say by giving something to you and it's but, usually if they've got an entree <laughs> it's usually if they've got that's the last glass of wine you're having <laughs> you're not having another drops <laughs> oh bugger <laughs> Um, it's usually when they, it's no, I'm not going to say it. They've usually when they've got a lot of people around them. <laughs> got a lot of people around them. They're the worst. I mean, I remember when I left, I central. I was about to leave, and the local paper rang up and, and the report just talked, you know, leaving. So asked me for a few memories, and and they asked that question: who was, who was the the best person you've ever interviewed? You remember? Because it's interesting, isn't it? And it I, interesting. do you know who I thought of? And I who? still stand by it to this day: Cliff Richards. Really? Yep. And, and I remember my brother lovely. saying to me at the time, <laughs> no disrespect to Cliff if you're listening to this, um, he could have been a bit more rock and roll <laughs> Cliff Rich. But he was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I mean, how long has he been singing? Oh, and gosh. Since he was 60. 200 years? It didn't, he was so sweet and nice. And yeah. yeah. So you, I, ha you do have a responsibility, I suppose, when you get to that level. We weren't obviously at that level, uh, but still people looked up to us and, and expected a certain It's behavior just unkind, from, isn't it? Yeah. And if someone afterwards, when you're now at our a sort of older age, um, and you're looking back, it's nice to look back on that legacy that people will say, and, and, actually, you know what, she And I nice. always think it's empathy. It's about people who've waited outside for... I mean, I remember years ago going to do an interview, and there was an old rundown... Um, I can't say rundown, but there's a venue in Dudley, and it's had lots of famous bands over the years. You know, so it's, 
it's known. I don't know if you remember Bill Wyman, and I think it was... Um, Rolling Stones? No, 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 it wasn't. He Basically, they, he'd set up a band uh, of his own, and they just went round. I, I can't remember what they were called, but they were just a couple of other 60s stars. And all the, it's because they just love playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going back probably about 15 years ago. Anyway, he appeared with these other two. The names will come to me. Um... And I remember we were going to do a live uh, report from there because obviously it was a big thing. You know, here he is; he's appearing and he's, he's, he's he just just likes jamming with his with his musical mates and everything. And as we were setting it up, there were two art, autograph hunters outside, just waiting in the cold. And as I went back in, they said, "Would you mind just taking, you know, or, or could could you get them to come out and sign an autograph, or could you get them to sign this?" And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't when do I asked it. him, he wouldn't do it. See, I thought, you know what, Bill? Yeah. It's not the way forward. And I thought, you know... You're the least known, I nearly, least talented I nearly, of the nearly Rolling attended Stones. Don't write in, listener. <laughs> I did a signature myself. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. No, <laughs> Bill Wyman, you know, sort of... Yeah, yeah here it is. They wouldn't have But, known. I mean, how awful. And they is. were waiting ages yeah, and ages. Yeah. And I thought, it, it would not are? be any problem at all to know, put but your... But I did notice you know, when you came into the house that crowd of autograph hunters outside they you stayed everywhere. outside in the cold and you signed every single one of those <laughs> do you know years ago i will just quickly tell you this story when we used to do um go out on the road and we used to do you know in the summer we used to have a big old a big bus and it's central television on the side and off we used to go and people used to turn up and i remember um people in those used to ask for a written autograph so i'm there's a little there's a little line forming my co-presenter Bob, he had a vet line going round the block and everything. <laughs> and this couple shuffled up and they were quite elderly. And I said, yes, and who, who's it for? And they said, could you put it to Dora and Bill, please? And I said, all right, and you Dora and you Bill? And they went, no, it's for our parents. It's for his... I didn't like to say anything. I thought, well, how old are your parents? <laughs> anyway, it t- turned out they were wanting me to do an autograph for their dead parents. Oh, you're joking. No, no. So anyway, I said to Bob, my co-presenter later on, I said, you know, I said people have to, I'm now, I said, what, 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 how do you think I feel? I'm now doing autographs for dead people. And he said, yes, they asked me the same. And it turned out that Bill had died watching us on television. Oh, <laughs> oh poor Bill. I know. I know. <laughs> you try keeping a straight face. No, I wasn't laughing, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Yes, I thought, well, I think this is time to go. I think Because, you know, you start off, don't you? When you start, you're really young and pretty. And you get, like, young men asking for your autograph. They really fancy you. Well, thanks very much. No, I don't want to date with you. You, you know. You're too weird. You know, really, really. Put that bag down. Um, and then you get the dads, don't you? Then people start going, my dad really likes you. you go, yeah, okay, what's his name? And then you get the grandfathers, don't you? And they're usually in a home <laughs> they don't know who you are and I thought now it's dead people <laughs> yeah I left about two weeks later <laughs> anyway on that note I think I'm getting hungry I'm going <laughs> dead soon lunch? well I'm doing, I'm doing what's for little, lunch I'm, well don't feel that I'm shortchanging you this week but um, it's a recipe from Morrow, the cookbook. From of course. A famous restaurant yes. in London. And I'm sure it will taste just as good. Yes. So 
Do you like anchovies? Um, well, uh, I'll eat them. Tough. Yeah, well, I was yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Because you're getting anchovies. She made, honestly, I can't believe me. Not just anchovies. She does other everything from it. scratch. <laughs> I can't believe it. I noticed there was a little pot. It says Nigella seeds. What's that? <laughs> Nigella seeds. I'm going to put those on that, the little Morrow recipe. On it's top of not, honestly, it's, it's, fun, it's like so, dining out every Thursday. Oh, Especially I had kind. to get the train you really today. Mean it, or you just say that. You, you really mean <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I, I had a long journey getting here with all these roadworks, getting the train. Well, and... listen, I forgive you then for insulting me earlier in the kitchen. I Tell know. our listener what you said. Which bit? <laughs> Which bit? <laughs> Which bit was I rude about? About me being tidy. Oh yes, yes, I know. I said, don't you have? She was, she was scuttling around the kitchen, and honestly, it is. It's like sitting in, well, it's like the food hall of Selfridges, and um, she's she's scuttling around doing bits. And I said, do you have anything that's tatty in this? Like an old ice cream. Tupperware box or dear listener I open the cupboards to show her that I do even when she makes you a cup of tea or coffee she gives you a spoon the sugar and then a little saucer to put your spoon on it's a spoon rest (laughs) doesn't everyone have one (laughs) I know tell the truth tell the truth you put you put your spoon on the capsula and then you just grabbed it (laughs) and wiped it clean I'm ever so nervous about you coming over to my impoverished surroundings. I really am. I'm, I'm so going to have to hire somebody's house, I think, pretend it's mine. Got my eye on some house, and yeah. Well, on that note, I think that's it from us. I think that's definitely. I think that's more that's than it from it us. From us. <laughs>